As you may already know, or will certainly discover over the course of this lectionary year, Mark does not waste words. The pace of Mark's gospel is somewhat frantic. He keeps it going at a lean, fast clip, as if he's in a hurry to get somewhere. And so we should not be surprised that he packs a lot into the seven, count them seven, verses assigned for today. Baptism, theophany, testing, proclamation of God's reign. Bam, 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 bam. There is a certain drama in the brevity of Mark's account. He clears out the extraneous details and gets us focused on the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter in today's passage is the three major events of Jesus' baptism, his testing in the wilderness, and his first proclamation of the good news. This introduction to Jesus follows a common pattern in transformational stories. Joseph Campbell famously described this as the hero's journey. A person is singled out. They are taken to a liminal space where old identities are dissolved and new ones are formed. And then they re-enter society in their new role. Think Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars, or Simba in The Lion King. In looking at this transformational path for Jesus, we can see the pattern of the paths that we have or will be called into. Jesus is singled out, is called to his vocation in his baptism. As Jesus emerges from the water, the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And God the Father says, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. While Mark's account of the arrival of the Holy Spirit might seem gentle on its face, it is anything but. Divine vocation is both amazing and dangerous. It institutes a dramatic reorienting of self, setting one on a new and unfamiliar spiritual path. It is a realignment toward that which is highest and best and most important in our lives. In baptism, Jesus and we are assured that we are God's beloved child. We receive our God-given identity. We hear the voice that transcends all earthly voices, anchoring our existence, our identity, and our eternal worth in God. As soon as we are assured that we are God's beloved child, we are driven into the wilderness to be tested. Being baptized children of God does not remove wilderness experiences. In fact, testing might be the inevitable result of accepting God's call. The wilderness is also the place where we learn new things about ourselves and about God. Jesus' identity is tested and forged in the wilderness, and so we are to understand that the same is true for us, his followers. In the wilderness, we are challenged to let our old identities dissolve so that we might be reshaped into who God is calling us to be. Those who rejected Jesus in his day and those who struggle to commit to him today do so because they are unwilling to let go of their old identities. When we are tested, when we enter our wilderness, we must decide which direction we're going to aim our lives which agenda we're going to pursue, God's agenda or our agenda. It is not a small thing to allow parts of ourselves to fall away, 
to become aware of a better way of making our way through the world. This is the wilderness struggle. Here, we work through the tensions of holding on and letting go. Having come through the wilderness experience, Jesus and we are ready to begin the hard work of our ministry, our new direction. Jesus emerges from his testing, ready to live into his vocation. He proclaims the inbreaking of God's reign. He calls folks to repentance and belief in the good news. The message Jesus shares is not about himself. It is about God and the new thing that God is doing in our midst. Jesus will proclaim the reign of God in word and deed. Likewise, our proclamation call is to live in word and deed the truth that God is present in his world right here and right now. It is to name for others who may not be able to see it for themselves the many ways God is acting among them. Naming how God is working in the world is dangerous because it can disrupt how others are prioritizing and valuing. It is this disruption that caused Jesus so much trouble in his earthly ministry. So we've seen this transformational arc to the beginning of Jesus' story. He comes to know his chosenness by God through divine revelation. He is tested as he allows his old identity to, to, to dissolve so that he might live into his new identity. And then he returns to the world, embracing his new role. But that's Jesus. And sometimes we have trouble believing that Jesus' experience is our experience. But I've come to know that it is. So I want to share with you my transformational journey. While this story begins much earlier and all the events of my life that led up to it, I'm going to begin by telling you about what is affectionately known around our house as the Chuck E. Cheese incident. When the boys were still quite young, I took them as a reward to Chuck E. Cheese to play. I had brought myself a book and I set myself in a booth to read until their tokens ran out. And after a period of eventless reading, I came to a page where I kept reading the same two paragraphs over and over, but the words weren't sticking. I wasn't retaining what I was reading. And somehow I knew that I was to be still for a moment. So I laid down my book and I closed my eyes. The din, and anyone who's ever been to Chuck E. Cheese knows that I do not use the term din lightly. The din receded. The rings and bells of the games, the fake Elvis that comes out and sings every 90 seconds, the lady at the counter calling out the pizza orders, all of it faded. And God spoke to me. He said, you have to stop dismissing this out of hand. You have to pursue this. And while I had never consciously thought about ordained ministry, I knew in the moment that was what God was referring to. That was all God said. And just as quickly as it had faded, all the sights and sounds returned. Later that weekend, I found enough courage to discuss this incident with my husband, Russ. And later that week, to discuss it with my priest. And with their encouragement, I committed to a period of time to prayerfully rest in the possibility that I might be called to the priesthood. 
I spent the next three months in discernment. I prayed fervently that God would show me where I should be. I had long discussions with my husband about the impact that responding to this call would have on our lives. I talked to members of clergy about the challenges and the joys of ordained ministry. And I cried a lot. I cried more in those three months than I had in my previous 30 years. And what I've come to know is that these tears came from several places. They came from fear of the unknown. They came from a feeling of inadequacy and insufficiency. But most significantly, they came from mourning what I had envisioned my life to be. Many of us have a vision of the arc of our life. I was happily married with two great kids, and I had a vision of what that life would look like as it unfolded over the years. Now I was being asked to give up that vision, to give up a life I really liked and trust in God's vision for me. I was in the process of letting go of my old identity so that I might be able to grow into my new identity. This period wasn't the only testing as I moved into this new role, but it was the most significant. And as you see me standing before you today as a priest in the church, you can see that God brought me to a place where I could take up my new calling and begin the work of proclaiming in word and deed that God's reign has drawn near and is working among us to bring about his purposes for the world. In seven short verses, Mark captures this pattern of the transformational journey. It is as true for us if we allow God reign in our lives as it was for Jesus. Perhaps as you sit here today, you are recalling your own transformational journey, your own struggle to stand in a liminal space and allow yourself to let go of what you knew, of what was comfortable, and move deeper into your Christian vocation. It is a scary thing to let go of all that we have held on to for our identity and security and choose to give that power to God. It is why we speak in terms of dying to self so that we can live in Christ. This is hard work, but it is good and holy work. And it is the only way to live the life for which God has created us. Amen.